Right now on Tech Radio, the ins and outs of Google in Out. Hi, I'm Artemis. I am a computer-generated AI voice, and you're listening to Tech Radio. Every week online and on air with RTE Radio, we bring you the latest in tech. You're very welcome to episode 969. This week, we're talking sustainability with the co-founder of Techies Go Green. And in a moment, we'll be giving our informed opinion on Google I.O. Our podcast this week is supported by ICS and the Association of Data Protection Officers. The National Data Protection Conference is on next Tuesday, May 16th at Crow Park, where you can join a network of professionals, organizations and experts for talks and discussions on how GDPR and data protection can keep up with fast-moving technology and the utter explosion of AI. You can find out more on their website, dpo.ie forward slash conference. And of course, that link in the show notes on your podcast player right now. This is Tech Radio with Dusty Rhodes and Niall Kitson. Our Tech Central Editor-in-Chief, Niall Kitson, joins us to talk about Google.io. And it's been a bit of a, a nightmare Google I.O. this year because I was out last night um, and I actually had to kind of catch up on YouTube when I got home at midnight and it was a two-hour presentation. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and, I you're, know. and you're out on uh, at an event first thing this morning while we're recording the podcast. So we're actually recording this really early in the morning. <laughs> so Ridiculously early, having gone to bed ridiculously late. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, if, if I stumble my words, um, d- d- you know, d- I do apologise. But Niall, I have to say, I don't know how you feel after watching it, but my head hurts. Well, do you know what? I was I was watching it and like we're used to sort of the Apple and the Samsung presentations being fairly snappy. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, you know, and this thing was going like uh, uh, over two hours. and I'm like, ah, here, you know, like I'm my head is a bit melted from all the stuff that they announced because they did announce an awful lot. Yeah. Um, but they were they really hammered home sort of four points in the message. You know, so they were saying, you know, they're really going after AI, but over and over the words secure, private, control, trust just seemed to come up and up and up. It was very much sort of, okay, well, you can have your open AI, but it's Wild West stuff. Come do AI with us. It'll actually be safe, Um, which is a nice way of saying, yes, we're behind the curve, but we kind of want to do this right. Um, To which I don't know, the general population is like, we want to play with this now. What's the problem? Uh, so that's kind of where we are with it. Um, I don't know, Dusty, from from what you saw, what were mm. your broad impressions before we jump in? Uh, my, bro- my broad impressions were just like Google has, uh, Google's been what here, what, 30 years, 20 years, 25 years? I can't remember what it is anyway. But enough time to be just like, just it's just a big name. It's like Facebook. I was only thinking the other day, nobody talks about Facebook anymore. I never hear anybody mention it. Um, because it's just there. Do you know what I mean? And Google is just yeah. there. It seems like somebody has taken a power code, a, a power cord, and just plugged Google in, and like everything is like yeah. bzz, buzzing again. That's yeah. that's the way that I would I would say. And it was. Do you know what was really nice? It was really what? nice to be able to see a couple of thousand people sitting in the auditorium watching the presentation, real people without any masks. Yeah, that's true. You know? That is true. It so, was quite nice to see. Anyway, listen, they had a ton of stuff and we've only got a short amount of time to uh, chat about it. The stuff that kind of impressed me, and I'll shoot off with this, is the stuff that we can get our hands on almost immediately. 
And that's uh, okay, right? The software kind of stuff. So uh, yeah. I think top of that is, uh, I mean, they were saying that Google is known for search. So I think that's the most important thing. They're bringing in a generative AI uh, results at the top of search. And I, for one, think it looks brilliant. Yeah, this was kind of interesting. It's kind of they've integrated search with uh, conversational AI. So in the way that, you know, you ask, you ask um, ChatGPT, what do I do here? And it just gives you an answer. With Google, you ask something, it gives you an answer, and then it gives you the information backing it up as well. Yeah. So it's sort of, I want X, and then it goes, okay, well, here's X, but if you go in here, here's a bunch of other stuff about X if you want to do a deeper dive into it. I think that's really nifty, and I think that that is, I don't want to say a game changer, but it is something that will keep you within the Google ecosystem mm. instead of going to ChatGPT, which in comparison does feel a little bit dinky. True. Um, do you think it, it, it feels stinky in comparison? I don't know. I think they're two different things because I think you go to ChatGPT for one thing. I think search with generative AI is just different, but I like the way that they've implemented. And you're right with uh, with I say Google with Microsoft Bing. Uh, yeah, it's kind of it's giving you an answer, but then it's literally just listing three websites that it got the answer from. I prefer that. Here's the actual answer, and if you want more. Here's a traditional search and a list of websites to look at. Yeah, yeah. So you can ask it a basic question, which is the best of something? It'll give you an answer, yeah. but it'll also give you a, you know, well, here's all this other stuff as well, which I which I think is quite nice. Yeah. Uh, can, I, can I throw something into the mix that I thought was pretty good? Absolutely, of course. Of, right. So uh, the first, one of the first things they actually announced was something called Help Me Write. And again, for uh, this is for Gmail. And in the way that, you know, Gmail is pretty good predictive text and it has those automated answers as well, uh, which is, you know, no, th uh, yes, thanks, or, you know, catch you later or very basic stuff like that. You will now be able to write basic letters using instructions. So the example they gave was you were writing a complaining letter about something that happened to you. Maybe you want a refund for something, okay? Yeah. You can ask it to write a letter uh, asking for a refund and you can ask for a very basic one or you can ask it for a slightly wordier one, I suppose, <laughs> to really get, get home the fact that you're miffed over something. <laughs> I thought that was quite cool. And again, the sort of thing that maybe we talked about last week when it came to writing things like cover letters for job advertisements, mm. you know, just take very simple things, very perfunctory emails and go and work with that. So that was pretty cool. Another thing that was kind of, I, I'm going to put this under the novelty section, to be honest, is what they called immersive maps, which is a, an update of Google Maps. Uh, as we know, we've got Google Street View. We've got regular Google Maps. Uh, what this is, is sort of a computer animated view that kind of layers information on top of it. So you go into your, your preferred route, it'll you know layer up the uh, traffic, the weather, all this sort of ancillary stuff, and you will be able to sort of have a, a first person view of you going down your preferred route. To be honest, I think it's a bit of a novelty in comparison to what people actually use maps for, which is the very simple you know, GPS. Um, I think it, yeah, it looks cool. Whether people will actually use it and cry out for it is something else. Right, Dusty, something else you liked? Something else that they uh, led off with quite early actually was uh, photos, Google Photos, and they're going to incorporate more mm. AI into that. And I thought it was quite neat where, you know, we've seen the magic eraser where you're able to take things out of photos, but they've gone further now uh, and you're able to move objects or you're able to replace objects. So the example that they gave was a kid sitting on a bench with a bunch of balloons, 
bought whoever had taken the picture didn't include all of the balloons. So they were able mm. to actually just kind of surround the kid in the balloons and then move it across. And the AI generated the missing part of the balloons and the missing part of the bench so that the kid was yeah. perfectly centered in the middle of the photo. And then on the replace side, they kind of went, ah, it's a bit of a, a cloudy day. So let's change that. Vumph. And they made it into a blue sky, like, you know, which is kind mm. of like really, I mean, that kind of stuff. It's not new, new, but the fact that it's available on Google Photos is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty nifty. I mean, mm. features that will be familiar to people using Photoshop, mm. uh, certainly Photoshop on the desktop. Anyway, exactly. Yeah. But it's nice to see them available through Google for free yeah. on uh, and on sort of mobile devices as well. Uh, something else to do with AI generated content. Google will now watermark content that has been generated by AI. That is very cool. And I think it will sort of help a lot of people uh, understand a little bit more about AI and mm. what it's capable of uh, and very important for, say, people working in the professions, um, you know, creative professions where, you know, you can put your hands up and say, yes, this is AI generated instead of going into Scandalville um, like they used to. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, right. Something else that you liked. Now, uh, one thing that I liked and I didn't like at exactly the same time, all right? And okay. Bard, Bard. This is the kind of Google's chat AI chatbot. It's, it's their mm -hmm. chat GPT uh, equivalent, all right? Um, they have opened it up to 180 countries around the world, okay? Fantastic. Mm -hmm. I want to get in and I want to try this. Boom, first thing this yeah. morning, bard.google.com. Not available in Ireland. Of course. It's available of in course. India. Indonesia, <laughs> Iraq, Isle of Man, <laughs> Israel. So, no Ireland. Therefore, England, <sighs> UK, just not in Ireland, oh, where they have goodness. to have a massive base. Anyway, listen, you, you do a quick <laughs> VPN into the States or something like that, and you're able to use it. And I was playing around with it this morning, and it's fast. And I'll tell you one thing I like about it. You know, on ChatGTP, uh, when you put in something, and I kind of like that effect where it's typing out the answer as it goes. Yeah. Uh, Bard doesn't bother with that. It just goes, boom, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. kind of nice. So I like that. And then the other thing that I really liked is they were just kind of referring to it, uh, Project Tailwind, they called it. Right. And this is kind of like where you're able to train your own AI, if you want to put it that way, all right? Mm -hmm. So you feed it with the information that you want the AI to be able to give back to you. And mm. I think the one place where I'm going to be absolutely be able to use this is I'm going to feed it the manuals for the software programs that I use. <laughs> Seriously, can you imagine? Because I'm the type, like, you know, kind of I'll install it and I'll start using it and then I'll read the manual, like, you know, six months later, if even, mm. like, you know. But as you go yeah. along, it'd be great to just kind of go, instead of like trying to look through the help manual or the help search bar or whatever, just be able to type in and go, listen, I want to do blah, 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 and then to have it come back. Amazing. And then whatever particular, yeah. whatever, whatever is your gig. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're working on Excel mm. or you're working with a, a particular program or, or you've got a particular profession or whatever it is, you feed it all of the stuff that you work on. And then mm. it's able to kind of store all that. It's like, it's like kind of like, it's like having an assistant saying, look, read those 10 books. All right. And then anytime yeah. you want, you can just ask them a question and, and they regurgitate the information back out. I think that's amazing. Uh, it's, I don't think it's out to the public just at the moment, but they were talking about it and I think it was good. Uh, all of this, of course, built on uh, PAM2 AI, which is their own uh, language model, which they're upgrading at the moment. 
I, I thought it was interesting the way they're working on that language model in that they're going to have like a light version, uh, a medium version that will run on desktops or laptops or whatever. The light version will run on phones, um, and, which means that you're able to use AI without actually being connected to the network. Yeah. Which is yeah, fantastic. Cool. So that's uh, so that's so, so that's all go. Anything else on the software side that uh, you were particularly impressed with? Uh, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I I wondered, like, I watched the Android announcement. I was like, God, how the mighty have fallen. I mean, Dave Burke was on there. We interviewed him a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, one of the Irish, um, I, I guess, founding fathers of, of Android. He mm. went on talking about greater personalization in Android. And he looked at, oh, goodness. He, he looked at the ability to turn multiple emojis into wallpaper. I mean, come on. You can do better. Do better, Android. Um, yeah, uh, there was also the announcement of WhatsApp coming to uh, Apple Watches. Yes, uh, which is fair enough. Okay, and, G- and Gmail, enough. and Gmail, and Calendar, and Gmail. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and they were also talking about their unified messaging standard RCS, uh, which is basically a, a competitor for Apple Apple's iChat. And they were they really threw threw shade on Apple, sort of going, Do you know what, you've got your standard, and that's kind of cool, but why not have a standard that everyone can use? Mm. You know, and there there were chuckles from the audience because <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let's get on to the hardware, the toys. Yeah. Um, yes, the toys. We, we had three things. We had the Pixel Fold. Uh, we had the Pixel 7, uh, a phone. And then we had the Pixel tablet. Um, I suppose we, I, a lot of people are concentrating on the Fold. It was like, oh, my God, Google I.O. Did you see it was cool? They, they announced the Google Fold. It's, it's a phone and it opens up. And it's, uh, I mean, it's nice. The, 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 the quickie techie uh, side of it uh, on, the, on the number side is that I liked the fact that it was a 5.8 inch regular smartphone screen. All right, with that you know yeah. kind of chocolate candy bar, whatever shape that we're all used to. Okay, and that, and it takes up the full screen, so you just use it like a regular phone. But then when you want, yeah. you open it up and you get the bigger screen. It's 7.6 inches, and and off you go. And they were kind of going, <laughs> I love this when the phone is closed and you're watching a video, and then you open the phone and the video magically plays on the bigger screen. Duh. That's pretty magic. Yeah. That's so that's really 2021. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. But I'm impressed. Um, it's just over one centimetre thick, which is not too bad. Not bad at all. It's actually. not that's bad pretty thin. at all. And that is one of the barriers to going with a folding phone is that, you know, you fold it and it's too thick. Yeah. It's, a, it's not really, you know, it's, it's not comparable. Yeah. You're really making allowances. However, do this. It's not too bad. You know, it's, it's, it's workable. Do you know what? We've had folding phones before. We've had all the clamshell phones like a yeah. hundred years yeah. ago. Uh, and and mm-hmm. kind of they were a bit of a gimmick at the time. And now, pfft, nothing. I, I, well, I, I mean, they were a bit of a necessity at the time because, you know, we didn't really need them for much. We needed them for calls and texts. And, you know, the, the keypad yeah. could be small enough. So you had the likes of the Motorola StarTac, which uh, the ad for it was a girl in a bikini. Yeah. And she could put her phone on her bikini and it didn't make a difference, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know. I, Times have changed. Yeah, but I, I, I think we, it's like you know. I think this is just coming back. It's just another fashionable thing. I can't. I don't see the actual use case for it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 don't get me wrong. I would love to have one just for the crack to be able yeah. to go. Whoa, look at this. Um, yeah. But I'm yeah. not. I'm not going to pay nearly two grand for it. Yeah, yeah, that's reasonable. Anyway, yeah. that's that. That's the Pixel Fold. Uh, more interesting is the Pixel Seven A. All right, which is a great phone. It's a great phone. Great phone and a great price for what for what it does. But, exactly. Uh, okay, what what has impressed you? 
just it's just a really good solid large size d- 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 smartphone that does everything that I wanted to do and it does it for 600 euro brand yeah, new and vanilla uh, vanilla android this is the test bed device no no additional bells whistles or bloatware yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just android exactly no messing around with that like you know which I quite liked and then yeah. the other thing that I liked then finally was the pixel tablet now, we've all yeah. seen tablets before. Um, what I really liked about the tablet, uh, and actually I'm, I'm kind of might be tempted to get one of these, um, <laughs> is uh, that you can kind of click it onto your Google Hub sp- smart speaker. So it's a bit of a kind of a, a, a dual use device, if you like, all right? So, you yeah. know, kind of the, the Google Hub where they have the screen and it sits in the corner and it just stays there or whatever, right? Uh, this mm. Pixel tablet is kind of like you can go over to that and then pick up the tablet and then use it as you would for a tablet for browsing or whatever happens to be. Yeah. And then yeah. when you want to charge it, you put it back onto your smart speaker and then you use it like a smart speaker. Smart. Smart. It's it's nice. smart. Now I because, know. Um, now I know like, you're the editor. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, this is this is the the device for the kitchen. Yeah. You know, I mean, what's what's the what's the big problem with tablets? Like the the sound can be rubbish when you turn them up very high. Yeah. And you know the speakers don't have a lot of capability. Yeah. However, you can plug this thing in. You know, it's own brand. It solves the problem. It's quite nice. I mean, yes, everybody has Bluetooth speakers, but you know, this is the official solution, if you will. Now that said, uh, will it make me get rid of my Google Nest? Probably not, but this is actually quite convenient and I can see it being used in kitchens across the world. There you go. On that note, let's leave it for there. That is uh, Google I.O. There's more on the website at techcentral.ie. But for now, uh, Niall Kitson, I'll let you get back to your event for today and we'll <laughs> talk to you uh, back as normal next week. Thanks. As normal. Okie dokie. Bye. This is Tech Radio from techcentral.ie. Get every episode of Tech Radio by clicking follow on your podcast player right now. Techies Go Green is a movement within the industry advocating for greater awareness of sustainability. From humble beginnings, the group now has more than 300 member organizations from all over the world. During the week, Niall Kitson sat down with Michael O'Hara, Managing Director at Data Solutions and the co-founder of Techies Go Green, to talk about its success. Michael, for anyone not familiar with Techies Go Green, tell us a little bit about the movement and I suppose where it's going. Uh, thanks, Niall. Uh, yeah, uh, so Techies Go Green uh, set up in uh, March 2001. Um, and the 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 idea for it actually was came about a year later, a year earlier, Um when we first went into lockdown in March 2020 and um, we were all at back then just coming to terms with all the terrible news uh, coming out of Italy and China at the time and getting coming to terms with the pandemic. And you might remember the, the weather was really good. We were all working from home um, and uh, we were out walking and enjoying nature and getting close to nature. Uh, and I suppose what was going through my mind uh, was uh, how fragile mankind is. Uh, so that 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 kind of thought w- was in my head. Uh, but also, um, I took advantage of everyone being out of uh, my business data solutions, uh, and we started to you know we changed our uh, heating system from a fossil fuel gas to a much more efficient. Uh, electric heat pump and we put in 
solar panels in the roof and uh, LED lights throughout the office. And uh, started to think more around sustainability, talked to some colleagues and friends, which ultimately led to us uh, setting up uh, Techies Go Green in March 2001 um, um, with two goals. The first goal is to build awareness uh, for the need for businesses to be sustainable. And the second goal is to get uh, businesses to it, to take action. And um, uh, we started, it, it's a not-for-profit uh, organization and it's focused on businesses. So uh, we started talking to businesses and asking them to sign up as signatories. Um, and in, by the end of the first year, uh, we had 150 businesses uh, signed up as uh, signatories. And at the start of 22, we set ourselves a goal to double that to 300, which we achieved by the end of last year. And our goal this year is to double it again to 600 and double again. And by the end of 2025, we want to have two and a half thousand uh, businesses signed up as signatories. And we focus on the uh, UK and Irish market, um, but um, we have uh, actually signed up businesses uh, from 12 different uh, countries. We have several businesses based in the States, uh, throughout Europe, Germany, France, Italy, Spain, Portugal, Romania, and down to India, Australia, and New Zealand. And uh, we, we did a quick analysis there. Um, um, we have businesses signed up from 23 industry sectors, from finance, insurance, uh, healthcare, um, food and drink, charities. Uh, and the majority, of course, are uh, tech-based businesses. Um, uh, but our view is that tech is in every business uh, today. And uh, also, climate change is not selective it will affect everyone, it'll affect us all, and we're not going to be selective. If we can help any business to be more sustainable, we will. And the final point I'd, I'd make, Niall, is that um, um, we, we've, when we anal analyze the businesses, uh, we have found that um, in total, they employ over 50,000 people, um, and the annual revenues are in excess of uh, 60 billion euros. That's that's uh, the businesses that have signed up to Techies Go Green. So <clears throat> one imagines that this is more than a greenwashing initiative. It's more than, you know, just putting your name on a piece of paper and saying, yes, we're, we're pro-environment. So what does it actually mean to be a member of Techies Go Green? Are there any sort of services associated with it? Is there any advisory uh, sort of commission or board or service there? Or again, is it just a signature? No, yeah, uh, good question, Niall. And um, so uh, joining uh, Techies Go Green community unlocks a wealth of collective knowledge and experience uh, that a business can take advantage of. Um, as I said, uh, we focus on building awareness um, and we do this through uh, uh, regular webinars. We're now uh, uh, putting plans to get our summer, summer webinar series off the ground, uh, regular presentations uh, and posting on social media. Um, we produce case studies and blogs 
of the good activities that uh, our members get up to. Um, and we're delighted to have a team of ambassadors who offer practical support um, to, to our members. Um, and we help businesses to implement meaningful change uh, through collaboration, continual education um, and awareness programs. And then we, we, sorry, we then ask them to take action and we work with, the, with, with our members uh, to identify actions they can, take, they can take to reduce their emissions. And when looking at the kind of actions people are taking, is it, can it be something as simple as just taking an audit and, yep, looking at the lighting that you're using, the heating system that you're using, or are people looking for things more in depth as well? Yeah, so what we found is that the majority of businesses today are really starting out on their sustainability journey. And, uh, you know, it, it's quite daunting to, to get started. And um, so what, what our advice for those businesses is to start by measuring your carbon footprint. Because when you measure your carbon footprint, you actually have the bones of the plan for your, to take your business to carbon neutral. You can look at your energy and, and identify uh, areas where you can reduce your energy usage, like uh, changing your LEDs or putting in solar panels. You can look at your employee commute and, say, and, and look at potentially having your employees work from home one, two, three, four days a week. Uh, you can look at your your uh, business travel and, and uh, you know, maybe you don't need to do as much uh, business travel and maybe use uh, the likes of Teams and Zoom more rather than, than uh, uh, using uh, business travel. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, they're the sort of uh, uh, the starting points. So being part of a community, one imagines that there is either an ongoing discussion or there are findings uh, from other members feeding back into that sort of body of knowledge. Do you find that there's much of a discussion going on there? Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, and and we, we love to take the, the learnings from our, our members and uh, post it, as I mentioned, through blogs and case studies. Um, and uh, this is a, a an area that is really just taking off. Um, I read a, a, a statistic I published a report um, earlier this year, and they're saying that the green tech and sustainability market is in 2021 was worth 35 billion uh, euros, and by 2030 it's going to grow to 417 billion euros, which is a compound growth rate of over 20%. That's, that's really impressive. So yeah. if somebody wants to get involved, uh, how can they do so? It's quite simply, uh, go to Techies Go Green um, uh, and click on the Join Us section. It is free to join. Uh, um, as I said earlier, we will help every business. You'd be very welcome and uh, look forward to hearing from you. 
And that was Niall Kitson chatting with Michael O'Hara, Managing Director of Data Solutions and co-founder of Techies Go Green, which you can find at techiesgogreen.com. Of course, I have a link to that website and Twitter in the show notes. This is Tech Radio. That's it for our show this week. There are more stories online we didn't have time for, including Dell's new boss in Ireland. You can hear about Ireland's genius tech teenagers. And there are more brand new tech jobs coming to Cork. All of that on our website at techcentral.ie. Our thanks once again to ICS and the Association of Data Protection Commissioners for supporting our podcast today. Remember, you can learn more about their conference next week, the National Data Protection Conference at dpo.ie forward slash conference the link in the show notes for you right now we're back again next friday on rte radio one extra or of course you can get new episodes automatically by clicking follow on your podcast player until next time from myself dusty Rhodes, and from Nile kitson thanks for listening take care tech radio is produced by dustpod.io from me artemis goodbye